Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, I'm Orlando Eastwood, director of On the Road, The Search for Bigfoot, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show. You are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We got some more Cal's truth for you. And uh, to recap, Cal met some other lovely prisoners in the alien prison that she is in, and uh, she's a hatching a, an escape plan with them. Uh, so let's see how this goes. After a couple of weeks had gone by, she was cleaning out one of the food dispensers and Hayden was cleaning out one of the others. The spouts providing the raw material from the sludge would get caked with excess matter by the end of mealtime. Sid and the bird-like star species were taking their turn in the cesspool. The food dispensers rearranged matter to any form through various spouts, lasers, and other technology. Hayden said they were called atomic printers, but most people, most humans anyways, called them replicators after an epic human story called Star Trek. Humans were so egocentric, they always prided themselves on being the center of the universe. From the star charts Cal found in the library, the human homeworld wasn't even a, in a centralized part of the galaxy. and. It was smaller than most of the rocky planets in the life-sustainable zones. It was wonder that humans ever made it off their planet at all. She was rubbing a particularly rough spot with a grimy sponge when she looked up to a guard on the middle grating above. She yelled at him, Hey, could you get me a scraper? Prisoners are not allowed sharp tools, the guard's voice clicked. You can take it back when I'm done. Besides... You don't want crap to build up on this expensive machine. You think the warden will take it out of your pay because you wouldn't get me a scraper? The guard turned around without a word and disappeared at the edge of the grating. Once Cal was sure they were alone, she turned to Hayden. You think these things could replicate some uh, thunder clubs? <laughs> Hayden laughed. You mean guns! Even though she had read about guns in the library, she hadn't made the connection. She never saw a picture of one, and none of the books described them 
because they assumed the readers knew what they were. There were very few pictures, and most that did have pictures were censored by the Touristicus. Do you think it's possible? She pressed. <laughs> you aren't the first to have that fantasy. Just tell me. Okay, yeah, for sure. It, it can make guns. Replicators can make anything with the right pattern, but these are locked down. There are security protocols. Uh, you let me worry about that. So, can you pilot a sp spacecraft? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we all had to do the flight sims. Wait, wait, you're, you're serious about this? Yeah, I have a way out of here. She heard footsteps of the guard above. <laughs> I need to know you're with me, she said. Uh, yeah, count me in, Hayden said. The guard returned with a scraper. He opened the hatch on the ceiling and dropped it towards Cal. Hurry up, the guard said, and brandished his gun. Cal complied and began scraping the gunk from the various nozzles. She saw Sid standing in the doorway to the cesspool. How long had he been there? What had he heard? And above all, could she trust him? That night she decided to accelerate her plan. She wanted to wait for a couple weeks till Mechanaric ships would be back at the station. That way she could win both her freedom and her revenge. But she couldn't trust that Sid could keep her plan a secret. He had hated her from the moment she had taken mealtime duties. Nothing she did seemed to impress him. She couldn't risk him formulating a plan of his own, or worse, exposing her to the Touristicus. That night at the library, she told Cielar to give Granork the signal. She had conscripted Cielar into the plan. He was happy to join for a chance at something different than the same old stale routine of prison life. He never seemed to stray from the books about mating rituals. Everyone had their preferences. She enjoyed histories, current events, and star charts. Even though she was floating in an asteroid belt in a giant chunk of metal, she still planned to see the stars. She was scouring over a star chart when Cilar put down his book. He made eye contact with her, and she nodded. Cilar stood up and left the library. Cal waited for about 30 minutes and then left the library to find Grenork, standing in the hallway. They replayed their previous encounter with a little more screaming and flair. Granork pummeled her, she attacked him, there were shouts of blood rage and threats of violence. The Touristicu guards broke them up as usual, and Cal awoke in the doctor's corridor. Predictably, the doctor was nowhere to be seen. She kicked Granork awake, and he slapped her, sending her flying against the wall. Careful, she hissed. We don't want to make too much noise. Granork nodded and they left for the Quad Helix's room. The Quad Helix smiled to greet them. He had a completely different torso and one leg. The Quad Helix grinned. Ah, my friends, you're ready to get me out of here. Yeah, Cal said. But first, how do we get you some new... parts? Ah, yes, just grab some for me and I'll do the rest. Cal turned to grab an arm off the wall. She went for the nearest one. No, 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 not that one, the Quad Helix said. Those over there, they have fingers that could expand into several hundred. It's great for typing in a hurry. And get those legs over there, they're good for running. Cal pulled a pair of purple curved legs with a backward kneecap down from the wall. The arms looked like strands of thread woven together to form a basic arm shape. She tore the plastic cover from the surgery bed and used it to wrap the quad helix and the loose limbs into a bundle. Before she was about to tie it off, she asked, Are you sure you'll be okay? 
I will be quite fine. My brain can go into stasis for quite some time. It's rare when a quad helix needs to change heads, but our ability to put our brains in stasis helps out with the eventuality that every body part breaks down eventually. Enough talk. The doctor will be here any minute, Grenork said and sealed the plastic. They used a surgical laser implement to make sure it was airtight, lifted the bundle into the garbage chute, and shoved it aside. There was a moment of suction when the bundle was on its way to the cesspool. Grenork and Cal turned to each other. Let's make it look good. They put up a good show of dodging through the room while Grenork raged and destroyed everything in its path. They tossed and toppled equipment, used laser scalpels, and destroyed as much as they could. Grandmark made sure to smash the body parts near the surgery table until it was an unrecognizable mess. The pulp of flesh could be the quad helix remains, or at least until the doctor did a DNA scan. Hopefully they would be out of the prison by then. The doctor finally arrived with a terrestrial squad to break up the fight. There were screaming, yellings, and beatings. The guards nearly killed Cal and Grenork after that night. If the doctor hadn't intervened and convinced them of the importance of his work, she probably would have died from the beating. As she was fading into unconsciousness, she heard the words the doctor had spoken. She'd been beaten so severely that she couldn't be sure if what she heard was real. It sounded like he said, half human. Cal stood in her mother's kitchen. The smell of her mother's stew made her mouth water. She could hear her cousins in the family room, but couldn't see them. It was like there was a thick haze in the great room. Her mother was gone, too. Mother, Cal said to no one. The voices of her cousins didn't react. They didn't stop playing. Mom? The stew boiled over, and Cal cut off the airflow to the fire pit. The sound of her cousins playing got louder. The stew would not stop boiling. The fire would not go out. She ran into the living room to enlist the help of her cousins. Instead of her family, she saw Turisticus. They were standing over the bodies of her kin. Their guns were smoking. Her cousins' bodies were a crinkled mess, their faces trapped in expressions of horror. Cal stumbled back as the Turisticus marched forward. She ran upstairs to the bedrooms from... And from her mother's room, she heard weeping. Cal opened the door, seeing her mother next to bed, tears streaking down her face. Mom? Cal said as she got closer. She noticed a body on the bed. A sheet covered it. Her mom continued to weep. Who's that? Her mom wouldn't answer her. She leaned in close to the bed. Her mother's sobs echoed in her ear. She pulled back a bedsheet. It was Sarge. He was her father. She stumbled backward and cried out. Cal woke up in her cell. Hathnoll's goop was doing the trick. She decided it was time to tell him. We're getting out of here today. Oh? Hathnoll said. I, I don't believe you have a parole hearing. N not me. Us. I I'm afraid my time for escapades has passed. I don't know what an old bug like me would do for you. We're going to need your healing services. I don't think... Look, Cal said. I know you think you deserve to be here, but if more people in the world in the universe, for that matter, had a heart like you, we wouldn't need places like this. I don't care what you believe about yourself. I believe in you, and I'm going to get you out of here, and you are going to help us. Well, I guess I can't argue with you. What do you need me to do? Conserve that healing goo. After breakfast, Hayden and Cal went to the cesspool to clear out some of the chunks. Cal began poking around at regular intervals. What are you doing? I'm looking for the quad helix. 
the what, Hayden said? He's going to help us escape. If this is about making guns from the replicators, it will never work. They wouldn't put them down here if there was a way to bypass the security measures. The bull hit a large clump. Cal grabbed a sack of surgical table coverings and dragged it out of the cesspool. What are you doing? What is that? You know, Cal thought. I don't even know his name. Let me introduce you to our computer person. Cal tore open the sack, and almost an entirely new man crawled out. What had been a mess of body parts was now a fully bipedal creature with arms and legs. The legs were the purple reverse knee kind, and the arms were the strands woven together kind, but they basically fit like they had been always been a part of his body. The extra leg that had been attached when she threw him in the sack was gone. There was enough air in the sack to finish my DNA fusing process. I also had an extra leg to patch all the rough parts before my oxygen supply ran out. Uh, how could... Wh what is that? Hayden was lost for words. I couldn't help but overhear. I woke up my brain the minute you started moving the sack, the Quadilic said. The name for this phase of my life is Maker. You may call me Maker. This phase of your life, Cal said. Mm bodies and names, they're all so fleeting. But I do suppose it would get confusing if you called every one of mine Quad Helix, so Maker will do. Now, if you would be so kind as to leave the door unlocked when you leave today, I can't work with the Touristicus watching from above. The attack began next lunchtime. In between breakfast and lunch, the guards sent the mealtime crew to clean bathrooms. Since all the prisoners were accounted for, there was no need for guards to watch the cafeteria. Maker could do his work hacking into the replicator systems while Cal scrubbed the toilets and floors. By the time they got back from the bathroom duty, Maker had left a signal by inverting a kitchen implement in Cal's area. They were all set to go. The prisoners began filing into the lunchroom, most covered in soot and ashes from the refinery. She scanned the room for Grenork and couldn't find him. She was prepared to start without him, but he was such a good warrior. She would rather have him on her side. They would have to detour towards the isolation units to save him. She made a count of the guards on the grates above. There are only about a dozen Touristicus, and they were pacing back and forth, watching the prisoners below. A dozen was nothing compared to the amount of prisoners in the room. If the inmates organized, they could easily take out their captors. But that was the point of the cycle of violence in the prison. The prisoners were too busy attempting to have a go at each other, then band together against the real enemy. It was like the game of rock ball back home. Everyone was too concerned with their lives to do anything about the real threat in the room. This is why Cal had more power than any of them. She knew the battles that were worth fighting. Today, she would join the fight with her father. <laughs> all right. That's all I got for you today. I know. It's getting exciting. So, yeah. I guess tune in, uh next time for more Cal's Truth and uh, we'll go ahead and, and, and finish Cal's Truth and, and remember that's uh, story two in the overall scheme of uh, the Touristicue Chronicles uh, so you know uh, <laughs> if you are interested in skipping ahead uh, you can read them all on Amazon they're, they're all available as books on Amazon and and uh, yeah, we're, <laughs> we go on to story eight, and, and 
And honestly, Story 8 has not even finished the series yet. It's It keeps going, so this is kind of my big, epic sci-fi thing that I'm, I'm guessing I'm going to be writing it the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> you know, just, it's a big scope project. It gets bigger than this prison scene. But anyways, hope you enjoy it. Uh, and yeah, listen to some of the other par- real paranormal activity uh, stuff. And I'm sure you will find something here that you love. And uh, thank you so much, and have a good night, and also beware of a uh, touristic prison, not a place you want to go to. Good night.